This is Stephen Adams. And this is Cameron Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. <laughs> Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anis Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. You can listen to us on Dash Radio on Saturday afternoons. Today is CBA Day with the hot ham master, John Ham. John, what is up? Oh, nothing. Just some CP3 trades. <laughs> <laughs> like we saw like yeah. the, the ripplings of it. And it was just like, ah, oh, Chris Paul would be interested in playing with James Harden. I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool. And Alex Spears tweeted something about how this, he was about to Chris Bosch the, uh, the Rockets. Um, mm-hmm. but then like magically just like this trade came out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Kind of crazy. So, and believe me, I mean, oh, I, I've already got panicky Thunder fans in my timeline. Oh, man. I know. About how this pushes them further and further out in the West. It's June 28th. <laughs> and I, Andrew, too, go back and look at Houston. I mean, even before the Harden trade. Remember, they won free agency because they got Omer Ashik and Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Right? Sir. Then they traded for James Harden. And then they went and got Dwight Howard, and oh my gosh, they're going to dominate the West. And you know, then they were in the Chris Bosh sweepstakes and couldn't pull through on that. It's like this team continually churns. The only the only teammate that Harden still has on that team for when he was traded there was Pat Beverly, and he came in midseason. Yep. Now he's gone. He's gone now. Mm-hmm. So Houston continually churns that roster. Um, and I mean, again, what is it? It got them one Western Conference Finals appearance. Luck, All of this, a very lucky Western Conference Finals appearance. At yeah, that, where Josh Smith so, and Corey Brewer get hot. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, again, just maybe this works. I mean, maybe this does put Houston up its second place in the West by the time they're done. But I mean, I don't know. Harden and Paul together. Um, I saw some, I saw a tweet earlier that like, oh, well, Harden really pushed for Ty Lawson because he wanted to play off the ball. Well, how did that work? Mm-hmm. So like, let's, let's chill out just a smidge here. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And the fit isn't seamless. It's, I mean, both those guys are ball dominant. CP3 loves to pound the rock. Like he just loves to do it. Like, yeah. And so it'll be. The fit's not great, but they're both good shooters. I mean, if anything, if you're just an NBA fan, you should be glad that like some teams are going to be getting better. Um, oh, sure. Because the competition in the playoffs this past year was pitiful. And, yeah. And uh, so it's it's nice to see some teams getting better. You'd like you'd like for it to be the Thunder, and it's not like the yeah. I mean, the Thunder can still can do things, but as we're going to talk about today, they're they're pretty limited in what they can do. Um, but it's, or maybe they can get creative. They're going to have to, right? Let's let's maybe. Get, let's get into it. Let's let's first talk about kind of where they are cap wise, and then we'll do some 
some Twitter questions about like Jeremy Grant and about Westbrook yep. and Todd Gibson and all these guys. But um, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. They have guaranteed salary of a little bit over 110 million. Um, they have one non-guaranteed deal with Samaj Christian at 1.3, which you'd think that they'd pick up uh, just because it's so so little of a contract. Uh, yeah, and I, I forget the terms. It may be – let me see if this is on basketball reference. It might be uh, – let's see. His 17-18 salary is non-guaranteed until July 5th. Okay, so they or, have until- or two or two days after the 2017 moratorium, whichever is later. So, okay, so they still, but yeah, they'll they may pick that up. They'll probably pick that up. I would guess um, they have several free agents: Taj Gibson, Nick Collison, Robertson. Uh, Jeremy Grant's now not a free agent. They picked up his uh, 1.5 million dollar um, contract for next year, making him an unrestricted free agent. Next summer, and then North Cole unrestricted, and they still have have not signed Terrence Ferguson's deal, um, right? So they'll they're probably looking at around six million and under the tax. Is that is that about right? What I've got, um, and I'm adding in Ferguson at um, at 120 percent of his rookie scale because mm-hmm. that's standard. They you know they could negotiate that. At 100% or less, obviously. Um, but I've got them as of this moment. And I'm going to go ahead and count Samaj because um, yeah. it's $1.3 mm-hmm. I've got them at a little under $115 million in, in commitments for next season. Okay. So, so like that is four. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the cap is is expected to be $99 million, give or take a few hundred grand. The tax line is expected to be one nineteen, give or take a few grand, which – at this moment, puts Oklahoma City about four point three million under the tax line. It's not a great so, place to be. <laughs> well, it's it's a challenging place to be. It is. Um, so the very first question, because I keep getting this one, um, you know, some variation of how many free agents can they renounce to create cap room or, or what? It's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. there's this isn't like last summer when 48 NBA teams had billions of dollars of cap room, right? There's, there's going to be a handful that have some cap room, but I, I, I just, there's really no way the thunder could offload Steven Adams to Philadelphia and offload Oladipo to Sacramento and offload Ennis Cantor to, I don't know, Atlanta. Um, along with requisite assets to drop under the cap. It's it's just not realistic to gut your team like that unless you're getting like LeBron James. Right. <laughs> so right. Um, there's so not that, a player that makes a big, a big enough difference. And if you think like Blake, I'm, the Thunder aren't doing that for Blake. They're, they're not doing really any of this for anyone, like you said, uh, because, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's Sam Presti. And for Sam Presti to do right. something like that, it would... I mean, he would have to be drugged and then like replace his brain <laughs> with Billy King's brain, and then maybe yeah. he would do it. Would you? I mean, yeah. Just think of it this way: Would you trade Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, Ennis Cantor, a future first round pick, a future second round pick, uh, draft rights to some guy, you know, for Blake Griffin? And that would essentially be the trade. Mm-hmm. So, no, no. And there's really, there's really, I mean, not even. We've talked about this before as well. Even if they just offloaded just Cantor. And right. you know McDermott maybe and and Kyle Singler it still doesn't create enough space so cap space is is 
I'm not going to say it's it's a zero percent option because weird things happen in the league, but um, it, it is as close to zero as you can get. I want to give a nod to our sponsor, Anchor Down. If you have not made it to Anchor Down yet, you have made a big mistake. They're in downtown Oklahoma City. They're off Second Street and Deep Deuce. It's a great restaurant. That's a really cool spot. They've got great food. Go get yourself some pizza tots, a corn dog. Their salad, as always, is just so fresh. It's so good. And you can grab yourself a drink. They make great cocktails. They have good beer. Uh, great patio. The inside is really nice. Go there for lunch or dinner. Please check out Anchor Down today. You will not regret it. And so I've been floating the idea out there that they would very much benefit from offloading Canner's contract to teams like Atlanta or a team like Brooklyn or Sacramento and just getting back like a very small piece, even even like a second round pick or you get like you know, a late first rounder or you get like a guy that's on like a minimum type of deal back and then the Thunder have a ton of breathing room. They don't feel the pressure of like bringing back Robertson, um, stuff like that. And you can stand under the tax. What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So, I mean, what you're describing basically is, you know, in, in, a, in a sense, a salary dump that would open them up to not only potentially re-sign Robertson, um, but also maybe tap into one of those cap exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of, I don't know, re-signing Norris Cole for the veteran minimum, maybe this would open them up to spend the you know 5.4 million uh, taxpayer mid-level to go get a, a different veteran point guard potentially. Um, it could be something like that, um, and. Look, too, maybe part of the reason why Cantor has not been traded is obviously we we have to understand that there's going to be a limitation on his market value. Maybe some of it is hanging on until this free agency stuff starts in case he's needed as part of a sign and trade. So, right. You know, that's that's entirely possible, too. And I mean, we you kind of fantasize about Blake Griffin. I mean, even Royce Young is tweeting today that the Thunder intend to go after Blake Griffin. And if they're going to, then you have to have like a big salary to send back. And to me, like a Victor Oladipo for Blake Griffin, um, in principle with Thunder would have to throw someone else in, I would guess maybe even rookie Terrence Ferguson or something like that. Uh, Or Sabonis. Or Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah, Sabonis makes a ton of sense going back. Uh, you give him Oladipo and Sabonis and you bring back Blake. I think that make, that makes a lot of sense. They're going to try. Um, and the Clippers situation just got way more complicated because if yeah. Chris Paul resigns, then Blake's probably like, okay, let's give this one more try and let's see if they can make any trades. That makes sense. You know, you know, trade Austin Rivers for some kind of wing or something like that. I saw like an Austin Rivers for like Michael Kidd Gilchrist deal. Like that would make sense. And maybe that makes your team better. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but he's gone. And so if you're Blake Griffin, are you re-signing with the Clippers? I mean, really only if they give you like the full five-year max. Other than, other than that, like what's your incentive to stay? Well, so one of the things, uh, Carson Cunningham had tweeted this out, he, or retweeted it, you know, where someone said that someone close to Blake and Taylor Griffin said he, he was sick of Chris Paul. Hmm. So if that's true, 
maybe this paves the way to bring him back. Um, and this has been talked about on a lot of low post podcasts. The Clippers could probably get by with Griffin and Jordan if they can fill out some complimentary pieces. I know, you know, not necessarily take on Golden State level, but, you know, still be a very viable playoff team mm-hmm. um, by doing that. So I I'm not one that immediately assumes this means Griffin is gone mm-hmm. just because of this. I think it could potentially you know, open the door up to where he's, you know, he, he's in a happier place there. But um, we'll just throw this out, too. I mean, it's, you know, Griffin right now could opt into his contract for next season and pull the same kind of trick that Chris Paul is pulling with with the Rockets. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, my understanding is that he needs to find that paperwork by the end of the day today. Okay. Um, but I mean, let's, let's, you know, have fun with that. Let's say the Thunder and, you know, Clippers came on to some sort of an agreement um, where Griffin opts in and after July 1st, they consummate the trade. So that would make it easier because then it's not a sign and trade. Yeah. And here's the complication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah here's the compli- yeah, complication with the sign and trade is if the Thunder acquired a player via sign-and-trade, you know, Blake Griffin re-signs with the Clippers, immediately shipped to OKC or Gordon Hayward or whatever free agent, then that triggers a hard salary cap, and that would cap them at $125 million for the season. And by hard cap, I mean hard cap. You can't exceed that under any circumstance. If you have five players that knock heads in practice and they're out for two months, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and you're, and you don't have room to, to sign a player, then you're screwed. So those, those are the situations that Presti's tried to avoid, um, in the past. So it's something to keep in mind. It would be cleaner, you know, let, let's, let's play fantasy here. Let's say Blake Griffin goes in and says, you know what, I'm signing with Miami, but you know, you can trade me to Oklahoma city and I'll go there too. And I'll opt in. They need to, if they do that before July 1st, it's going to be a lot easier, a lot cleaner. And so if the Thunder sign and trade Robertson, they're hard capped as well. No, it's only the team receiving the player. Okay. They could sign and trade Andre Robertson to Atlanta for Kent Bazemore, for example, and, and the Thunder would not be subject to a hard cap. Okay. What are, what are your thoughts on Robertson? Because... I feel like I go back and forth and I don't just like, I'm not just like on the fence. Like I swing hard. Like I'm jumping over mm-hmm. the fence each way because there's times where I'm like, man, Robertson is so important to this team. They're not a top 10 defense without him. And then I swing the other way. I'm like, man, I was talking to McKelly Barra this morning and we we're just like, man, you take Robertson off that starting unit and you replace him with some kind of competent offensive player. And like they have offensive ratings of like 120. And so yeah. I feel like this high octane offense without him, um, he just gives so much on defense and takes away so much on offense. Like, I where I don't even know where I'm at right now. Where are you at on Robertson? No, I'm I'm like you. I've swung back and forth uh, for the exact same reason. Um, and look, anyone that's followed me for any amount of time knows that I really I really value players that play defense. Um, you know, I was one of the biggest Kendrick Perkins stands you know, because of what he brought on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that was kind of like, you know, once upon a time, like that defensive big man was what teams were looking for across the league. I mean, throughout the nineties and the early two thousands. And, um, but I mean, the league has shifted so much. So I do see the value of a wing defender mm-hmm. like Robertson, but, 
I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just at this point with this Thunder team where I just don't know how much sense it makes to have you know someone that vital on defense. Like you say, he's popping up the defense and just such a glaring issue on offense. Um, my inclination, and, and by the way, um, I, I'm, I'm willing to change this at any moment. My inclination at this point is to move away from him. Yeah. And if they're going to avoid the tax, they're going to have to either trade Canner into space or not bring back Robertson. Like if their goal, if one of their goals this offseason is to stay out of the luxury tax, they yeah. have to they have to do one of those. You just have to. You're yeah. basically choosing. And then And I I, I just don't think they would let Robertson just walk. I mean, this is where I mean, yeah. Sam historically doesn't do that. And he also doesn't historically like trade guys for space. I mean, like Jeremy Lamb, he, you know, he they, they ran out of patience with him. Perry Jones, same thing. And they had to basically dump him for whatever they could get. Mm-hmm. Typically, he doesn't like doing that. So, I mean, there's a first for everything. I'm just saying that historically, you don't see that. Yeah. And, like again, it's the Denver Nuggets that you look at. Because the Denver Nuggets need wing defenders. Uh, and they've got guys that the Thunder would love to have on their team. And... Honestly, I think Robertson kind of fits with their timeline a little bit. Like he's a younger player and he could grow with those guys. I think that playing him next to Jokic makes a ton of sense because he can defend so many guys. Uh, he may not be big enough to be a full-time four. Um, but I I don't know if the Nuggets are going to go in like the all-young direction, which I think they should go in uh, because mm-hmm. you keep hearing Blake Griffin to the Nuggets and Paul Millsap to the Nuggets and you're just like what a oh come on guys like what are you doing here why are you trying to get in the mix yeah um I I think they're just desperate for a star player they are. I think that's what it comes down to but if you, you know did an like all-star a, caliber player yeah if you did like a Robertson sign and trade for Wilson Chandler and Jameer Nelson you know and you gave you know maybe 13 million for Robertson, and then you bring back those two guys, uh, plugs a hole at point guard, backup point guard, and then also gives you a starting wing. Like a, a deal like that makes a ton of sense for the Thunder. Uh, I think it makes sense for the Nuggets too, because he's such a high can caliber I, can I, defender. Can I throw a monkey wrench into that? Yes. <laughs> this is the problem: is if they try to if, if they want to sign and trade Andre Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you'll forgive me. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head. Robertson would be subject to what's called base year compensation. Okay. Uh, because he made, I don't know what, less than 2 million last season, something like that. Um, and you're talking about bumping him from 2 million to like 13. Yeah. He's 2.1. Okay. Last year. So, I mean, he, he would, he would meet, I think the Thunder, you know, would be exceeding the salary cap to sign and trade him. And mm-hmm. he'd be getting a raise larger than so what some odd percent. If they like sign him to a deal that starts out at 13 million, they would only be able to trade him out as a six and a half million dollar player. <laughs> the Nuggets would have to fit him in at 13. The Thunder would only be able to trade him out based at, at 6.5. <sighs> so for so for the people, I, I mean, I, I bring this up because this makes Adams and Oladipo easier to deal. Yeah. Okay. They, they don't have to deal with the base comp, base year compensation crap. I mean, they are traded out. If they're traded July 1st, they're traded at their actual salaries. Yeah. Um, but with Robertson, if they tried to do that, it would it would complicate things because now you have to throw 
it's not something you can't overcome. You just have to make a much more complicated trade and um, it's just more hurdles you have to clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't supposed to be a fake trade pod, right? I just made up another fake trade. Okay. Um, Victor Oladipo to the Nuggets mm-hmm. for Wilson Chandler, Emmanuel Moutier, and Jameer Nelson. Is Moutier any good? I don't think anyone has any idea. He hasn't been very good, but it's just a a shot in the dark at yeah. at a you know a guy that has potential. And Sam Presti likes to take chances on like guys that go in the he top does. ten and bring them in he and does. see what they can do. I think I would almost rather hang on to Oladipo in that scenario, to be honest with you. Okay, I think yeah, yeah, and. What it would allow you to do in my mind is to let Robertson walk because you bring in a wing that can start for you. You have you fix your backup point guard, um, and then you are basically all in on Alex Sabrinas. Well, let, let me here's here's a scenario. Here's something that I was kicking around earlier, and I have no idea if you could get the other team to you know capitulate on this. What about Ennis Cantor for Kent Bazemore? Hmm. That's so it, that's interesting. The salaries are close to the same. Bazemore's got an additional gear on his deal. He's six five, but he's got like a six eleven wingspan. Um, he's not obviously he's not the caliber of defender that Robertson is. I mean, I think he's a you know he, he's he's a barely negative I think defender. He's not Doug McDermott bad right. uh, by any stretch. So that's something that I thought about like. You know, if you if you could if you could use Cantor to acquire the wing that, you know, you need to replace with Robertson and get a guy who's also got some offensive abilities and then you can fill up the backup center spot with Dakari Johnson or bring back Nick Collison or, you know, some options. Man, You kind of have to do that if you're the Thunder, right? Yes. The question is, does uh, does Atlanta with their uh, Golden State mindset now in place? Their former assistant GM just took over. Um, would he want that? Probably not. Probably so these not. are the these are some of the outside the box things that you know that I'm picking around uh, yeah. that that I'm looking at that I I would imagine. I mean, the front office is doing things a whole lot smarter than what I'm talking about right now. But like these are things that I'm kicking around in my head. Yeah, and I mean if they could pull off that kind of deal where you bring in a wing you don't have to bring back Robertson I mean Bazemore I mean he's he had a bad 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 season which maybe yeah. maybe that's why you can get him is that I maybe? think it's because of Dwight Howard I'm just going to blame everything that happened in Atlanta on Dwight Howard <laughs> oh that would be that's 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 the reason <laughs> but now he's gone now that Bazemore's so. healed yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it would be a, it would be a buy low potential situation there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he still. I mean, he wasn't awful from three. He was thirty four percent from three. And if you start next yeah. to Russell Westbrook, it's a heck of a lot better than starting next to Dennis Schroeder. So, yeah, um, that probably helps. So, I mean, that would be great. I I think maybe that's like the max value you can get for Canner out there. And just in my limited brain space, that's like kind of the max value that you could get and a deal that makes a lot yeah. of sense for OKC. Uh, but I think it's going to be hard. I, just, I think it's, it's a hard – I mean, Sam Presti's got a really difficult job to do this summer. If he could bring sure. back a base more, then this team starts to look more like a team that's built around Russell Westbrook. 
a team that's not so lopsided as far as you know having all these bigs on your roster, uh, and you don't have to worry about the Robertson conundrum anymore. Um, can you can your defense right. be as good? I don't know. I don't know if they can, um, but your offense is certainly a heck of a lot better. Well, I'm I'm going to harken back to uh, the great Darnell Mayberry on a recent Thunder Buddies podcast when he talked about the dangers of relying on one guy for everything. Sure. And he was talking about that, you know, in terms of Russell Westbrook on the offensive end and in terms of Robertson on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awfully risky, awfully risky to, you know, have your defense hinge that much on one guy. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's one of many things that needs to change for this team to uh, to move forward next year. Yeah, I mean, the Thunder, as far as the offense goes, I mean, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. And that's why they need to go get a backup point guard. Like, if they don't get a backup point guard, you're, you're looking at triple-double Westbrook again, which was super fun, which I wouldn't be mad it, about. Yeah, but it's not going to – that, yeah, that was fun last year. Uh, you understand why, you know, the reasons why it probably happened that way, but – if this team is going to actually take the next step, it, it it's got to have more than that. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna, gotta. Yeah, if they're going to actually be competitive and you know, like make a run at the second round or something like that, they're gonna they they've got to make some moves. Like they just undoubtedly yeah. have to. Uh, let's go to some Twitter questions and kind of break down yep. what the Thunder can do this off season. A lot of people uh, have a lot of questions about the way that Thunder can maneuver, and the Thunder made their first move of the off season last night. Uh, with Jeremy Grant's deal, and this is from at Gregory Tomp. He asks, why do we not sign Jeremy Grant long-term? Um, I think the number one reason we touched upon um, was, I think, re-signing him probably would have required them to spend, I don't know, let's just say $6 million, maybe as a low number in his first year. Um and with the other, you know, luxury tax considerations, I think that's probably I think that's part of the decision. But here's the other thing. He's easier to trade now. Yeah. No, I, I think And it goes into that and it goes into the same base year compensation stuff I just made you all hit fast forward on a few minutes ago. No. I mean that's that stuff's important to know that when you sign a player that you only, you can't just that number isn't solid yet. But yeah, he's easier to trade and also he's you know, he's a cheap player for another year and yeah. on, a, on a team that the, I mean the Thunder need those kind of guys right now they don't have, they don't have a lot of right. them and they just drafted a guy in Terrence Ferguson that's not ready to be one of them yet um, yeah so uh, and I mean they're not this isn't a guarantee they're going to lose him um, mm-hmm. you know let's let's say that he does stay with the team and he finishes out the season um, then the Thunder could pre-sign him for up to five years as opposed to four years with another team. Um, so, I mean, the Thunder could offer, you know, a more appealing contract offer by waiting. Now, obviously, uh, that also means Grant could pack up and leave if he wanted to. But, um, yeah, I, I understand, you know, maybe where this this keeps some options open in terms of the trade market and, and then also so you're not uh, – having to also figure that out with with the luxury tax concerns Mm -hmm. and jeremy grant like he's a nice player but if jeremy grant is is a make or break type of player then you're already in a really bad situation (laughs) right i don't think he's a make or break player for the thunder and also one of the reasons one of the big reasons that he's not is that he's not a wing 
Like he's a four. Yeah. This is a big man, and he's he can't right. play on the wing. And some people that have said things like, "Oh, well, this this is supposed to be our Robertson replacement." Like you're you're not watching. Like you're not watching what right. Jeremy Grant can do. Like he cannot defend threes. He can defend very few threes in the NBA. Uh, he's a weak side shot blocker. He's a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit, although I'm still not sold on his ability to do that. Uh, he did it last mm-hmm. year, uh, but that's who he is. He's a three and shot blocker. Like he's not even that great. He's not even that great on right. defense. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you go look at his real plus minus numbers, they're not pretty. Uh, he's he's hanging out there with Dougie McDermott on yep. the defensive end. Yep. So um, no, another, that's another fake trade great. idea. Yeah, Ennis Canner to the Kings for Costa Kufas and Frank Mason. Do it, <laughs> do it before before Vlade or Vivek changes their mind. Yeah, save nine million. I could, I could see. Um, you have a defensive backup center who you're. I mean, your yeah. your defense can be good throughout the whole game, and you bring in a a guy that can possibly make your roster and Frank Mason and maybe be a backup point guard. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just with Sacramento. Here's, I, and I've, I've, we've had this text conversation a little bit, and this was before the Chris Paul trade went down. Mm-hmm. The Kings are in position because, again, so many, like every team had cap room last year. Yeah. Now it's actually a scarce resource again. Right. So the Kings could actually use that cap room if Houston needs to evacuate Ryan Anderson mm-hmm. and his contract. You know, and they're in Houston's got picks. They've got their own picks they can throw in to make that happen. You know, Sacramento may be game for that. Yep. Maybe they would rather do that than actually go get a guy like Ennis Cantor. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's the other challenge of this offseason is now cap uh, cap space is a is a scarce resource. Yeah. Expiring contracts are going to be a thing again. Uh, Should be. Where yeah. They haven't been for a while, but they are. They're coming back, baby. Um, yep. From Oki Proud, 76, we're going to talk about going to our Russell Westbrook portion of the pod. What are, your, what are your thoughts on the reports of Russ leaning towards signing the extension on July 1st? Uh, have you heard these reports? Uh, it, it, from Royce. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, it, it's what Royce put uh, at the end of one of his articles. Um, okay. And, and I'll, I'll share this here, too, because I said it on, on radio yesterday morning. Um, over the past few weeks, I've had I've had two different sources, you know, tell me that Russ and Nina are looking at relocating in Oklahoma City. They already own property in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City area. They're they're looking. I, I've had two other people tell me that you know they're looking at other places. Um, so it's property. Uh, the last guy that was looking at property in Oklahoma City right before a big decision wound up leaving. So. <laughs> Um, you can't put all the stock in the world in that. Um, but I, I, if you're looking for indicators, um, you know, there's one for what it's worth. Now I've also heard, uh, this was as of several days ago, who knows things could have changed, but I've also heard that Russ has not committed, you know, to signing that extension yet. You can understand why Russ probably has it. Maybe he wants to see what else goes on around the league before he makes that commitment. So I've, I've heard that he hasn't accepted, but that's also not like, you know, causing a fire five alarm crisis in Thunder headquarters. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. And, and I think part of what isn't causing that alarm is that if Russ decides to not sign it, then the Thunder have the opportunity to trade him um, and get right. something back. Right. And 
so the Thunder, they're not going to be empty-handed this summer, whether Russ decides to stay or go, which is good. Yeah. Um, Trust the Void asks, can we please, can you please explain again if there's any benefit to Russ waiting a year to sign his deal? He thought not, but yeah. here, contrary info. Uh, no, I mean, Russ can get he can sign an extension now or wait until next summer and sign a five-year deal. It's going to be the same terms either way. Um, there's no financial benefit for him to wait. Um, there's no, you know, he can't get a, a longer contract. The Probably the only benefit I can think of is then he can negotiate a no-trade clause because that has to be on a new contract. It can't be on an extension. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Is it worth going through all that trouble just to get a no-trade clause? I don't know. Um, and then the Thunder would have to think long and hard about it seems like a no brainer. But then look at what happened. Look at what's going on in New York with Carmelo Anthony. Right. Um, the Lakers had trouble with Kobe Bryant in that no trade clause. Um, the Spurs and Tim Duncan had one. They never had to worry about it. So uh, that would be probably the only benefit. But financially, there's no difference. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, the Thunder would probably go to him and say hey russ like if you want to stay like please sign this deal and if not then we're gonna have to look at going a different direction because we just can't as a franchise we can't afford to to have another you know superstar leave and get nothing back uh so i mean they just can't yeah they can't afford for that to happen yep and again i can understand if russ is like hey i just I want to wait this out. I mean, the only benefit to him is is locking in right now that two hundred million dollar extension. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, it's there. But if he tore an ACL this coming season, he could probably still get that same five year deal next year, right? So, um, I wouldn't if he doesn't sign it. I wouldn't immediately panic. I wouldn't immediately jump to conclusions. Um, but still, you know, Royce has reported that th- there's a general optimism towards, uh, I-, I guess, him uh, taking that deal. Okay. At that dude, Rob asks if Westbrook signs a designated player extension on July 1st, does he still make 28.3 million in 17 18, or does he go up to 34.6 million, 35% of the cap? No, his salary next season stays the same. Okay. Um, so we in, in this case we're talking about an extension, uh, so that means it would begin in 2018. Uh, it would wipe out that option year, um, and then 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 take effect. Then uh, the difference is like Steph Curry, who is a free agent this summer, he wouldn't be signing an extension. Obviously, he'd be signing a new contract. So the the designated veteran exception is you know defined between new contract and extension basically so in any event russ's salary in 27 18 is locked in it's not changing yeah that's good to know because i think a lot of people are like trying to calculate like how much space the thunder have and i've had people tweet at me like right. oh, the, the thunder re-sign russ they're already over the cap and it's like well I don't, i'm not sure that's how it works uh, right yeah yeah right. would not would not impact that uh from thunder attic how much stock should we put in Taj being at the NBA Awards show to support Russ? I know he's from Brooklyn, but could it point to anything at all next year? I I don't I don't think it indicates anything about the future. I mean, it, I think I don't know. Uh, I, I I guess he is from the area. I don't know if he actually lives there or not. But I mean, it, you know, 
maybe he actually did just want to come and support Russ being part of what happened last season. Yeah, I I just don't. I mean, the only way to me that they bring him back is if they let Robertson walk and they find a way to dump Canner. Um, and then maybe yeah. you think about signing Todd Gibson to a deal. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Todd Gibson, he's 31. Uh, how long of a deal do you want to give to Todd Gibson? And if you're Todd, you're probably like, man, I'm 31. I need to get a four-year deal from somebody and mm-hmm. put pressure on whoever. But if I'm the Thunder, I think that you prefer to keep Todd Gibson over Canner for sure. And then, like, if you're the Thunder, would you rather have Robertson or, or Taj on the team next year? Yeah, probably. Oh, man, that's a tough one. It's tough. That is a tough one. It is tough because, yeah. I mean, because Gibson can score. And if yeah. he's your backup big, like if he's your third big, I wouldn't prefer I don't think he's a great fit as a starter. But if he's a guy that comes off the bench and can play, you know, backup center and then backup four, some and you know Sabonis can develop and maybe Sabonis can rediscover his shooting he had at the beginning of next season. I think that's a great big rotation. Um, yeah, and he doesn't kill you on offense. I don't know. Yeah, and you know the other benefit to Taj to acquiring him at the deadline like they did, um, he's also a potential sign and trade piece. Um, yeah. Probably a, a lot more valuable than Anthony Morrow, Joffrey Laverne would have been as, <laughs> as sign and trade pieces. Um, People aren't wanting Joffrey. Joffrey's not getting a, his payday this summer. It's so funny because, like, you know, there was like some kind of positive buzz around him until the trade deadline. Then Chicago got him and didn't use him. Right. And so, I mean, part of the concern, you know, I, or part of the reasoning maybe why the Thunder, you know, were willing to, to deal Laverne is they thought he was going to, he was going to get priced out of their price range. Yeah. So, and then he went to Chicago and just basically disappeared on their bench. So, yeah. No, you yep. Can, you get him for, he's probably a minimum type of contract this summer. Yeah. He may not even come from um, the NBA. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, but Taj, um, no, I, I kind of agree with you. I think he makes sense uh, if Cantor's moved, um, potentially coming back at that point. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to, is there a team out there that's willing to give him like a four-year deal? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that, perhaps. Uh, I, I would. I still wouldn't rule him out completely for next season. Um, but he does have... He does have sign and trade value, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, let, let's just say the Thunder do position themselves into getting that other star player. Maybe they are a little bit more willing to go into the tax. And then maybe that does open the door for Gibson to come back. So, yeah. See all the ifs we have to throw around here on this podcast. This is, you know, imagine this times a thousand running an NBA team in real life. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so. Let's talk about that a little bit. What circumstances will it take for them to pay the tax? Um, one, Russell Westbrook putting his foot down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that would be one. But yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they would have to feel like, okay, we have a roster that's a top three in the West or one of the top five in the NBA. Um, and I think maybe then that could incentivize them to do it this season. I think it would take some sort of a big splashy acquisition this summer in order to convince them to pay the tax in this coming year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, I, I just don't think you can just 
run this team back and pay the tax. I just don't think that makes any sense. They weren't no good enough to do that. Well, and and I still, you know, I I don't think we're going to replay last season. Even if they brought everyone back, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of last season because I do think some of these guys are going to get better. Yeah. Um, but still, um, I you know, if, if you take last year's team and, and assume some incremental improvement, I don't know if that team's worth paying the tax for. Yeah. Another canner fake trade. I'm just working the trade machine yep. while we're talking here. Trevor Booker and Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets for Amscanner. Yeah, I've looked at Brooklyn. Um, I, I've, I've a variation I had with Justin Hamilton because he's like a stretch five. Yeah. Um, so Brooklyn's interesting. Um, they've got, I mean, again, they've got the cap space and how they used it before was to get an asset in D'Angelo Russell. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Cantor's not a not a negative asset like Mozgov was. Right. Uh, the Nets would have to like actually want him, and you know not uh, not covet another you know plucking an asset off of another team out there. So would you send Brooklyn, him Jeremy Grant? Would you, would you send him Jeremy Grant and Cantor for Booker and Dinwiddie? Maybe, possibly that that might make that might make some sense. Um. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because the Thunder don't have a lot of sweeteners. I mean, the, the real sweetener they have is that Chicago second rounder. Um, yeah. And I hope they wouldn't and, use it just to get off a Canner's deal, because I don't right. think that holds a lot of value. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's one of the teams that I, I kind of went through, like what teams are going to have cap room, and, and how realistic would it be to do some kind of a deal with Cantor. And I even looked at a deal like with Orlando for Vucevic, which you're basically exchanging offensive minded, defensive deficient big men, Mm -hmm. but Vucevic is cheaper. So then the question is, well, why would Orlando want to pay more for Vucevic? (laughs) That's where giving the second rounder would make some sense. Yeah. Because they both have the same amount of years left. Um, Vucevic can shoot the outside shot better than Cantor. I would be I'd be interested in that, but like you said, like why why in the world would Orlando do that? They've got Bismack Biombo, they're paying seventeen million to. Um, right. So that I just that's yeah, not really a great fit. I looked at Miami, like let's say Miami strikes out on all the major free agent targets. They've done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miami could be sitting on a bunch of space even after they bring back Dion Waiters potentially. So, you know, would Miami like roll the dice on something like that and send back, you know, minimal pieces to Oklahoma city. So, um, there's options and it, it seems to be, I don't know, by the time this podcast is posted, the world may change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is from Austin S ten twenty seven. How many of the players that are on the stage with Russ to accept his award will be back next season? <laughs> I was asked the same thing in my uh, my radio hit yesterday morning. Um, boy, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't have an intelligent answer to give there because this whole podcast has been talking about all the various options that are in play there. So conventional wisdom says that Todd probably isn't going to be back. Yeah. Um, 
that either Robertson or Cantor are going to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Nick Collison, if he's looking for a bigger role somewhere, that he could potentially go to another team for the last year or two of his career. Um, and then Oladipo. I mean, there's there's a guy that's potentially a trade piece for uh, Blake Griffin or Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, man, I don't know. I honestly don't know how to how to give a firm answer on that. Anywhere from four to none. Let's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's real concrete. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Cole Hickson asked a question about signing trades, but I think we answered that already. Um, this is from Donnie Hazelwood, DN4STY. I think it's D-Nasty. Uh, would you rather trade Canner into someone's cap space and then use the mid-level exception and biannual exception or just keep Canner? Yeah, this is this is basically along the same lines of things we've been discussing. And, and by the way, breaking news um, in the midst of this pod and talking about salary dumps, the Kings are using a lot of their cap space to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. Ooh, another bone dong. Another bone dong in the league. <laughs> so more bone dongs. You need more need more bone dongs. Um, <laughs> the bone dong to the Kings. Three years. Three years, thirty-six million, so average twelve a year, basically. So they're going to be chewing up between ten and twelve million of their hypothetical cap space. So, you know, there's that. What was the question again? <laughs> Would you rather have um, trade Canner for nothing and use the mid-level and biannual, or keep Canner? Um, I don't know, man. If I lean towards keeping Cantor because I just think that's going to help you more immediately and towards the trade deadline than using those exceptions. Like, I mean, those mid-level exception signings, a lot of them go bad pretty quickly. Especially um, for a team that's not contending. Like those for contending teams, I think, can be really valuable because you can go get like an older guy who's just like, right. well, I want to jump on, you know, I want to get with the Golden State Warriors or the Spurs or whoever. But for the Thunder, yeah. they're looking, they're like begging guys, like, come on, like CJ Miles, like, we know, like, we know who we are and <laughs> we know that you don't really like this here, but like, you just got to come on. Um, yeah. I just don't, I don't. Throughout I don't history, those, those mid level, ex, those mid level signings usually become like toxic assets by years three or four. Um, so that's why. You know, like even Anthony Morrow, he was a three-year deal, yeah. And by the third year, you know, Oklahoma City was moving on from him. So, um, yeah, I, I've, in that scenario, I think I'd rather hang on to Cantor because, again, we know Cantor has a has a productive role on this team, and maybe you'd rather just hang on and and maybe he becomes if you can't deal him now, it becomes more tradable by the deadline. Yeah, I'll give a Fred Katz answer on it. It depends on who's available. Yeah, there you go. It just depends. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, someone just tweeted at us the buddy and the bone dong for the king <laughs> with the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, and and Tim McMahon uh, just tweeted out Tim McMahon, of course, from ESPN. Uh, source on the Rockets: They think they are getting Carmelo or Paul George. Oh my! So, that's great. I mean, keep shuffling those cards. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on shuffling. I don't know how excited I'd be to get Mello on that team. I know. You want a guy that soaks up the the mid-range game and is a little bit chunky and passes prime? I mean, the Paul George thing, I mean, that would be... I mean, th- there's a team. Like, now you have a team. 
that can go now, compete with Golden that State. That team, that team could take Golden State to five. I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind. They could at least get a game at home versus Golden State. It would be crazy. It would be absolutely <laughs> out of out of this world. <laughs> um, a few more questions. Uh, the Jake Snake is asking about Michael Carter Williams. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Michael Carter Williams sucks. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, no, not a fan, not a fan at all. Um, He's got great measurables, but the dude hadn't shot above 27 percent from three in his whole career. Right. There's a reason why he's been shuffled, and it's not like I, I, the comparison that a lot of people will bring up is like Sean Livingston, mm-hmm. but like Sean Livingston was immensely talented and had a horrific injury, right? Um, and he had like all that talent to kind of fall back on. Michael Carter Williams can't even blame injury. I mean, he's just he's just not good. How about he's a rookie of the year, John Ham? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, how how brilliant does Sam Hinkie look now for unloading him at the height of his value? <laughs> he got that Lakers pick. Good lord, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, Michael Carter Williams is not any good. If anything, like yeah. he's like a third guard, and he's like he's your Samaj basically. Like he's just a big Samaj. <laughs> right uh, right so no not a fan from s r little genquist <laughs> that can't be right <laughs> maybe i hope that's right um sorry steven uh if you could take over the mind of a gm would you do doc to sign and trade blake for canner or bob myers to decimate the warriors <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the the problem there is that uh, Golden State ownership wouldn't let me. Like they right. they would, if I came in and tried to trade, you know, Kevin Durant for Kyle Singler, they yeah. would have me institutionalized. Um, <laughs> ownership would halt that real quick. Right. Uh, Steph Curry sign and trade for Kimball Walker. Let's get this done. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm putting way too much realism into this fantasy question. Right. I understand. Um, if you, if but you yeah, could I mean, decimate the Warriors, let's make that a part of the question. If you could decimate the Warriors, we're going if I, full blown. Like this would never. I mean, obviously, you taking over the mind of either one of these guys isn't realistic. Yeah. <laughs> let's go full on unrealistic. No, I'm trying to add some realism to this fantasy sci-fi. So, yeah, I, basically right now there's a storyline in Marvel Comics where Captain America um, was reprogrammed and has actually been a member of Hydra his entire life, oh. right? And people are just now figuring it out. So if you could have that happen where you're you're basically you, you reprogram Bob Myers and it turns out that he's been an operative of the Spurs this entire time, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I would go that route. I, I would rather like try to corrupt the warriors from within. Yeah. You like use up their cap space on, I don't know, somebody really, you like page like JaVale is such, he was so good for us. Like we need to give JaVale a five year, a hundred million dollar contract. We just have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or just, I mean, just completely just start polluting the culture there because it's, it, that's what everyone raves about right right now is that culture there. So I would come in and, and start making like uh, all sorts of just unrealistic, you know, culture changes there that just make people hate it. Right. As a bitter, thunder, as a bitter thunder fan, there's only one answer to this one. Um, from Jared KW13, who makes the biggest leap next year for the Thunder? Adams, Oladipo, Sabonis, or the Spanish sniper? 
I haven't heard that. I think before. Have you Spanish heard Spanish sniper? I have not. Okay. I've not. Um, I think I think we've been on record before that we're pretty sure that uh, Abrinas is is more likely, but Sabonis can make up a lot of ground just by being um, like a replacement level NBA player. <laughs> that that would be afraid. A, yeah. Yeah, that that would be a significant improvement. But I, I still think, again, I'm I'm super high on Abrinas, and I should probably abstain from this question um, because I I don't think I can answer otherwise. Well, I think Abrinas will get a chance to play more minutes next year. I don't I don't know what to think about Stephen Adams and about Oladipo's improvement for next year. Like I I think yeah. we'll see maybe more consistency from Adams because I think that he had kind of an up and down year. It was a really kind of he had a good season, but it was kind of a strange season for him. I kind of expect to see more of the same, maybe consistently better Adams. So I don't know if he'll make like this like leap. And then like Oladipo shot the ball really well. He played good defense. I don't know that he's got like a massive leap in him either. Um so that's that's where you kind of look to um Sabonis and to Abrinas and I just think Abrinas is just ready to to take over as like a your backup yeah. shooter um maybe one of your a lot of people are like where does the scoring go if if Kaner's gone like you've got like two really quality shooters on the bench and McDermott and Abrinas who I think need more of a chance so yeah um yeah yeah I think they're getting Carmelo or Paul George. I'm just reading this Mark Stein retweet. Um, Houston is, they're trying to acquire a whole bunch of non-guaranteed salary guys. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> they just got, yeah, they Ligons just got uh, Kelly Ryan Clarkson. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Kelly. Kelly Clarkson, same difference. <laughs> oh, man. Why are they doing that? They are trying to get a bunch of because the the trade that was proposed out there yeah was several million short of being legal before july 1st oh so, so they're trying to get a bunch of guys on non-guaranteed or team option deals for next year that they can then package as part of this to ship out to the clippers so hey samaj get in on this i know i know thunder can help yeah, <laughs> hang on i'm gonna call daryl Morey real quick yeah hey daryl heard of this guy named Samaj? <laughs> oh man that's funny anything else ham before we're done um anything else like for the off season for like the cba for how the thunder can um kind of be creative or anything like that that you can impart some knowledge on it on to uh the listeners here i i would just again just caution people there's going to be a lot of splashy stuff going around you know, it, this happens almost every offseason, and then people swoon because the Lakers got Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, or the Nets get Garnett and Paul Pierce. Um, you, you think of all these flashy moves, and yet the Thunder have still had a winning record every year since 2009, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so going out, some teams have to go out and make those big splashy moves because they have you know, they have an aging team, you know, or they don't have guys coming up in the pipeline. Um, I, I would just caution Oklahoma City needs to get better. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to absolve them from that. I'm not saying Sam Preston can just kick his feet up. Um, and obviously he's not. I mean, the dude 
I think there's enough people out there that are well aware that he's he's involved in everything, trying to make the team better. But there's going to be teams out there that do splashy things. I mean, when New Orleans got DeMarcus Cousins at the trade deadline, I had people at the radio station telling me they had a brighter future than the Thunder now. Huh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because it was a second superstar. They finally got that second superstar. And I'm like, but they have nothing else <laughs> besides that. they're going to lose their point guard this summer. Right. Minnesota's done some cool stuff, but you know what? There's questions on that team with their bench and their shooting. And so, like, everyone needs to kind of just chillax a little bit every time a transaction is done. Um, and don't do something stupid like ask, well, why didn't Sam Presti go get Jimmy Butler then? You know, right. like, there's, like, try to rationally think this through. Um, those are the things that I'm more like, you know, look historically. Look at the Thunder, and I know they had two of the top five players in the league, and so they had some leeway there. But, you know, they've part of their plan has always been to always be able to improve from within or via trade. So they might win July, but you're going to have more than likely, um, you know, a very competitive playoff team throughout the season. But, yeah. uh, last question What is Sam Presti doing? Sam Presti just sitting <laughs> on his hands, man? Talking to wake up. I'm going to go off the beach, man. Oh, Get on the man. phone. Uh, th- that's sort of just hyper focus when, when I'm asked about, you know, like, why is it Sam Presti doing this? Like, okay, there's 28 other NBA teams that could have got involved in that. Why are we singling out this one guy here locally? Okay. <laughs> oh, so you, know, you could ask. Why didn't why didn't Cleveland go get him? You know why didn't the Lakers? Why didn't the Clippers? You know so anyway, um, it, expect more from your team from your local team, no doubt. Um, but you know just try not to panic too much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our show today. You can follow John at John M Ham. Listen to him on the franchise. You can follow us at Down to Dunk. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five star iTunes review. Just takes a few seconds. Uh, it's something, it's a way that you can show your appreciation for us, and we thank everybody that's done that so far. And uh, enjoy free agency. We'll be back to talk to you on Friday, and have a great day.